This episode is brought to you by Wellforce, offering business consulting and IT solutions for the hybrid workforce. Online at wellforce.ai. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. What? What? Today in studio, very exciting, in the studio, in person, we have the fabulous and beautiful Caitlin Guild. And we're grateful that she decided to join us today. I'm so excited to be here. You have no idea. I love it. I'm so pumped. And we've already had fun with photos. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. We absolutely did. You'll be able to see if you go to the Studio Carry website. Yes. (laughs) Really? StudioCarry.com. Yeah. Nice. Oh, now I have to finish that by the time this episode airs. I see what you did, Jenny. There's your, there's your motivation. It was a gentle nudge. It was said very nicely. Uh-huh. Well, you know. Just work on that while we're doing it. <laughs> okay. Caitlin is a, a fellow photographer, but mm-hmm. has like serious street cred is the way that I would describe it. I don't know. Like, I don't have a good word for it because you have so much depth mm. to like your journey between yeah. all the all the things. All, all the, the things. things. So she has a studio in North Raleigh where yep. she does um, portraits and boudoir. Boudoir, yeah. And is a huge uh, body positivity, embrace yourself kind of yep. vibe. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm just going to let her tell the rest of the, her story. Absolutely. And then we'll interject as we usually do. I love it. So I'm Caitlin. My company's name is Caitlin Scott. And I am a body positive, body liberation, fat activist who uses boudoir as a way to help humans love their body. And not even just love their body, but learn to just live in their body without thinking about it on a day-to-day basis. We spend, as women and men, we spend hours of our day thinking about, oh my gosh, what does my body look like? What are people thinking about me? Oh my gosh, I can't get in front of a camera because X, Y, and Z. So I utilize boudoir basically as a way for them to feel comfortable and confident in their skin. And then hopefully that will allow them to get in front of a camera with their children or their spouse or their significant other. Because if you can stand butt naked in front of somebody that you've just met, Mm -hmm. doing family photos is, oh, I got this, right? So Mm -hmm. for me, I utilize my studio and my space to really just help people walk through that journey of body liberation. Basically, it's not even, you can't even jump from body hatred, which is where most of us reside on a day-to-day basis, to body positivity or body love, because it's a very steep cliff. There's a lot of ups and downs. And I say it's really just like hiking a mountain. You go up, you come down, you go up, you come down. But the whole process is leading to up basically. Mm -hmm. And so boudoir for me is literally just letting people kind of bear their soul and say, I'm standing in my power and this is me and I love everything about me, or this is me and I'm learning to love everything about me. Mm -hmm. So it isn't just, there's not just a simple, easy fix. It's not just, I'm going to wake up one day and love myself. You wake up one day and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired Mm -hmm. is really what it boils down to. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how uh, that transformative change starts with that little spark. Oh, yeah. It's all it, whatever it is that you're sick and tired of that you're like, I need to cultivate a new fill in Law. the blank. Fill in the blank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fill in the blank. And because, yeah, because before Caitlin came to the Raleigh area, a few, right, how old was Samantha? I remember I was still breastfeeding. 
It was for our 10th anniversary, so it had to have been 2017. So she okay. must have been about 18. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Listen to me having to do the math. I was like, like, she was born in 2015. <laughs> it was for her 10-year anniversary. And I did the – so I did a, a boudoir shoot with somebody, which was at her house. The photographer oh, yeah. had a room in her house cool. that she converted to and sent her husband and her kids out so that I would feel – more confident yeah. and comfortable. And it was like, it was a hugely empowering experience, especially with that post-baby body. Yes. Yeah. Because nobody tells you, I don't have children, but nobody tells you how wrecked your body is. And I say wrecked, it's totally 100% different than the pre-baby. Nobody tells mm-hmm. you that. What we see in society and what society tells us is you're going to bounce back and we expect you to bounce back in two to five weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody tells you that you grew a human your abdomen is distended. There's so much Mm -hmm. that goes into that. And I think it's beautiful that bodies can change like that. I think our bodies change as we grow just in general, but nobody warns you because there's a stigma of you're going to have the baby and then we're expecting you to lose the weight again. Mm -hmm. Like where does that expectation come from? Why is it that way? You know what I'm saying? So from people selling us shit, bingo, (laughs) right? (laughs) Seventy billion dollar exactly. diet industry yeah. trying to make money off of us. Plastic right. surgeons yes. and weight loss, weight loss. and fitness. Mm-hmm. Of get your body back. Bingo. The mommy boot camp bullshit. Yeah. Sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> and it goes like it's it's one of those things that's it's insidious and it's, yeah, it's good. It's word. insidious in its in its presentation because it's couched in this. We want you to live a healthy lifestyle. Yes. Yes. And, and I feel so freaking manipulative. Uh, it, is. it is. They're like, I'm trying to do what's best for you, but it's really making money for me. Bingo. If I live off of your insecurities. Yes. Right. Yes. And so I think that for me personally, like even I'll go look in the mirror and I'm like, this fucking C-section shelf that nobody told me was never going to go away. Mm-hmm. Bingo. That I didn't have. I remember after Nicholas being... In, in my room the day of discharge and the night nurse coming in to do my, quote, discharge education at six o'clock in the morning before her shift ended, asking me if I could feel my uterus. What? As she, as she massaged yes, it and said, I this is, that. and I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> how do, how, what? Because apparently yes. you're supposed to yes. massage it so that it shrinks back Correct. down. But I had, it's, I had. It's not a nice massage. It's not like, oh, I'm so relaxed. This massage is great. No. Are they just like pat, like just poking They're into like, you? It's, you're supposed to like, it's awful. Di- yeah, it's awful. And oh no, ma'am, um, <laughs> racing 722 not to. Have to. <laughs> I do not want to have to massage my uterus through my stomach. Period. But like, so like, especially if you've had a C-section, you have incisions, right? Multiple layers of incisions, right? And stitches, oh. holding your body together. Yeah, and she's fiddling around, and she yeah. and she's asking me if I can, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Ma'am, I you woke I, me up to ask me if I can feel my fucking uterus. No, I can't. Yeah. You just pulled a seven and pound bowling ball like out of me. All of this fat. <laughs> I have all of this fat that is resting on top of this. Yes, mm-hmm. and my body yeah. still hasn't gone back, and it's, it's never going to go back. Like, how am I going to get it back? I'm going to go and have a tummy tuck. Yeah. And then it's more surgery, more incision. Like, do more I want to do that? Or do yeah. I just want to look in the mirror and go, I can wear shapewear. That's what Spanx is for. <laughs> I'd rather make her money. At least she's freaking honest. And fuck yes. shapewear, by the way. It, yeah. It's yes. terrible for your vagina. It's yeah. terrible. So <laughs> just go without shapewear. Literally, just rock the body right. that you have. Honestly, like nobody is looking at you. The person that you see in the mirror every single day is 100% not the what the world sees. Correct. So like... With boudoir specifically, all I'm trying to do is hold up a mirror to who you are and how beautiful you are in the body that you currently reside in because it is a shock 
when you see it the way somebody else sees it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a shock. Like we stand in the mirror. We never see ourselves joyful. We never see ourselves in an intimate setting. We never see that sparkle. So that's what the world sees. And they don't, I don't look at you and go, wow, look at that shelf that she has down there from a C-section. It is the first thing I see every morning when I walk by the mirror. God, I wish she could tuck that thing in to shapewear that she spent $85 on and is giving her yeast infections. No, (laughs) ma'am. Nobody thinks that, right? No one. So it's just, for me, I just feel you can be so empowered in the body that you're in and not think about that on a day-to-day basis. What are you going to do with all that free time in your brain? That's what I ask people all the time. If you weren't thinking about your body every two to five minutes, what would you do with that time? Oh, I think that I think people think it every two to five minutes. Oh, yes. I think there are people that do. I think that I've gone to a place of just benign acceptance is where I'm at. It's not either way. It's just, you know what? I got other fucking shit to focus on. (laughs) Yes. I have so many other things that need my attention. And one of the most liberating things was was our daughter, actually. Samantha will come up and be like, oh, mommy, you're so squishy. I love it. And like, makes my heart happy. And I'm like, she has no idea. And I like and I. I strive to set a really positive mm-hmm. right example for that where I will walk we have open doors in our house and everybody do what's comfortable for you right. and your family. Right. Like I will be getting out of the shower, my ten year old will come in and walk in and be like, My right. Minecraft level. I'm like, mm-hmm, can this happen another time? Can right. I maybe like, do this in five minutes? Yeah, like that's yeah. cool. Or I'll be putting my makeup on or whatever and just in brown underpants or maybe nothing. Or knows underwear I'll walk underwear into the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Like what <laughs> Whatever. And we're totally fine. Same thing. My husband walks around that we have no, we really try to promote no body shame. I was going to say, but that's creating a really cool environment. The thing I think is hard for moms is when their child goes, you're so squishy and like leans into your belly. It's hard for women not to recoil. Oh no. Yes. The feeling mm-hmm. inside yeah. is me actively going, do not recoil. Do not. And no, <laughs> and you physically have to do it. Like you physically have to go, don't do this because if I recoil, sh- this is just an imprint on her memory. That, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, and I say, yeah. oh, thank you, honey. Oh, inside, you. I'm literally panicking. Weeping. Yes, you're and panicking. Like, my inside is literally in a puddle on the floor, <laughs> curling up my inner child going, oh my God, yes. my, she's calling you fat. But it's not that. It's not that. She doesn't know any, like, she doesn't care. And oh. so that's, yeah, it's really a focus of, that's the no shame life that we live, though. Right. right. I was trying we, to find the damn photo because I did it one, too, after Landon. I can't find it. It's making I'm sorry. me crazy. We'll find it at some we'll point. And then you can send it, it, it to Caitlin. Crazy. Did I was you feel say, it over the, here coming? I could. It was <laughs> emanating off of you. Yeah. I just thought you got sucked into TikTok. No, <laughs> it was really making me crazy. It happens. It, happens. it does happen. It's a rabbit hole. It'll, It'll rabbit suck hole. you in. Yeah. yeah. There should be a term for it. Uh, yeah. So, so how did you end up here in Raleigh? Ironically, an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Who ended up being a total turd. It was. But thank you very much for bringing her here. Exactly. We're grateful to you, turd. Uh, Yeah. So I moved from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to Denver. I was in Denver for five months. I worked for part-time for Delta. And I I loved the people I worked with. But at the same time, I wasn't able to shoot photography because I was just starting and I worked the weekends. I didn't know Denver traffic was such that like people don't travel during the week to do photos. So long story short. Denver traffic is is egregious. level shit nobody tells you that so i've experienced it once yeah and and that was more than enough it was more than enough and i would take the train to and from work but long story short i wasn't able to shoot and so i felt like i lost an arm Mm -hmm. on top of that i was making no money and the (laughs) catalyst for me was i i had a horrible day at work it had snowed we wear dresses and tights with like sandal Mm -hmm. shoes it had snowed and i had to dig my tahoe out in my dress and Mm -hmm. pantyhose 
And I got home and I had gotten a bill for my health insurance and my rent was due all at the same time. And I poured myself a glass of wine. I sat on my bathroom floor and I heave sobbed because I couldn't afford both. Mm -hmm. And I called my best friend and she was like, so what are we going to do about this? She's a photographer in Philly. And she goes, what are we going to do? about? What are you going to do? What is your action? And I was like, I'm moving back to Raleigh. Like I'm, I'm doing it. I'm pulling the trigger. And I started re-SEOing SEOing my website. Before I even left, I walked in the next day. I gave my two weeks and I was like, I got to go. Yep. <laughs> I'm out of here. This ain't for me. This ain't for me. And yeah. I resold what I could. And I literally packed everything into a U-Haul. Lies. I had movers pack everything into a U-Haul <laughs> that they did not pack correctly. So behind towing this thing behind my Tahoe, it was snowing and my truck was fishtailing all over the freeway oh, because they put all the weight in the back of this trailer. So I pulled over in a uh, Bass Pro Shop parking lot and I had to unload the 12 by 6 trailer myself. Couches, beds, everything, dressers. It looked like I was having a fucking yard sale. <laughs> People were driving by and like looking at my wares. It was snowing. Looking at my wares. Yes. <laughs> and I had to reload this thing. Say when you're doing something that the universe knows is right, it's going to put up a big fight. Yes. There's that big like yes. tension Say you run it into. louder for the people in the back. And the whole time I was bawling. I think I broke a finger in the process and I just was like, get the fuck in this trailer. <laughs> I just, it was, I was having a moment crying. It was snowing and it was just, it was such a pivotal moment for me that when I finally got back in the car, I was like, this is it. I'm, this is where I'm going and I'm going to do huge things. Well, See, like that would have like... taken me to the next gas station where I would have just been like, Hey, I just need to get a bottle of something. Oh, oh no, no, I, I made it a hundred miles. Yeah, I would have been, like, been full just, rage. I don't even, right. Yeah. I would have just been like, I just need to sit here. Yeah. No, there is no sitting. I would have been full on rage <laughs> fucking driving that bitch 90 miles an hour. <laughs> Fuck you. I literally did. <laughs> I, did yes. I made sure I made it outside of Denver and I, the next exit I I could take that I knew had an ABC store. <laughs> I stopped at the ABC store and I found a hotel right across the street. That's what I'm saying. And I was soaked. <laughs> I was drenched. I was sweaty. My fingers were bloody. I could barely move. And I bought a bottle of Jack Daniels. And I think I bought like Taco Hell, like <laughs> just ex stomach explosion. But I literally, I Taco sat. Bell is the food of anger. <laughs> yeah. It was official sponsor of misery. Misery. Forty dollars. Feeling good, yeah. like, no burritos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what though? I feel like you had to be the one to load the U-Haul no, because it was like your mm -hmm. journey. Your like you had to be the one to I pack did. it, and so that's why the universe was like, nope. Uh huh. You it were was. gonna try to get somebody else to move your shit. Yeah. And you were in charge of clearing out your own baggage. And this is the metaphor for all of the shit yes. that you're trying to move with you. Yes. And now all you're of your baggage. To empty it. Yep. Cheers to the person who got the tables that I left in the parking lot. Yeah. I'm telling you when I, my mattress was a king size mattress was wedged in at the very top. These people just did not know. And my dad growing up, my dad taught us that when you load a trailer, the weight has to, the majority of the weight has to be in the front. Sorry. They weren't even thinking about that. So they wedged my mattress in to the very top of this U-Haul and I could not get it unwedged. So what did I do? I took a running start and I leaped up <laughs> on top of it and I like had to wiggle this thing down and then I couldn't get it out. So but I want to be there. It was, uh, I want to witness all I'm of like that. I'm like imagining a basketball Can we do a reenactment? Oh, we I think I have a video There's I'll show video you after we're done. You. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead ass. It was, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? But I knew in that moment, the crying on the bathroom floor and that pivotal mm -hmm. moment, I knew something really awesome and big was going to happen. And I didn't know what. And literally three weeks later, I got a call from a company out of, I think they're out of Denmark. Annette Richardson's runs a, it's called Fat Camp in North Carolina. 
And it's a basically a summer camp for fat babes to come to and experience like kids summer camp that they feel like they couldn't have done growing up. Well, they were doing a TV show, like a reality TV show out of it. And I got a call from the producers of that show like three weeks after I moved to come in and do photos for this, like their pre-show. Mm-hmm. And then Annette actually hired me for fat camp as well. And I, I kid you not, that was the catalyst for me. I met all these incredible influencers. That was just the starting point to rocket me into this awesome body liberation, fat activism world, which I was already in, but not really. You were on the periphery. We were on the periphery. You were like, yeah, this is cool. I should, I support this. Yeah. Like I'm a fat babe. Let's figure out how we can create a space for people to feel better. But that was such a moving experience. And actually one of my business partners I met at that camp. We have a nonprofit out of Florida. That's awesome. So there's just so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was a really incredible experience. And it's literally things like pool parties with other fat babes that you don't, you're not feeling insecure about. Mm -hmm. It was photo shoots. It was paddle boarding and just all this stupid kitschy things that Mm -hmm. as a fat child or growing up heavier, you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't get in the pool with a bikini on. I got to put a shirt on or like Mm -hmm. all these weird little fears. Yeah. I wore a shirt as a kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't. We had, so we had a pool, like I, growing up, my parents, like in, in the house that I was brought into and then the one that that we moved to, they're still in now, Mm -hmm. they have a pool in the backyard. Oh. So for us, it was like, you just wear your bathing suit and go down, but. Right. That and I always had body image. I mean, that's like, right. I was a, like, we had like, a pool in our backyard, and I vividly remember. Yeah, I I remember when the shift happened yes. that I felt like I needed to. Yep. If I had friends over, if I had, I had to buy a certain type of suit. Yes, I. Oh God, this is. I'm going to say this, but it okay. makes me. <laughs> <laughs> I had the one that had the little skirt on the bottom to hide the rue pouch because I was no. so paranoid. I still about wear skirted it. bath uh, bathing suits because they're more comfortable for me. It makes her go. I don't need to go get like waxed or anything. Like it's literally Uh, like so that I don't have to shave. That is Jenny talking, everybody. That is Jenny talking, not Sarah. I like the skirted bottom so I don't have to shave. That makes me smile. Uh, Girl, I don't shave anyways. And I wear cheeky, like I'll throw a thong bikini on. Oh, are you looking that close? No one is looking (laughs) that close. If somebody is in that area of my body, they better have bought me dinner and paid for my drinks. But for me, it's also like, I'm going to go on the, for those of you that feel comfortable, when you look in the mirror and you put on like a tankini with a skirted bottom, just because you feel like you rock that, well, you rock that. Well, I yeah, agree you with do that. that. I'm saying that I was a kid. I was 11. Oh, I'm talking I missed, about. I missed, I missed that. that part. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> saying as an, 11 year, as an 11 year old child, I was wearing the bathing suit with the skirt on the bottom oh. because I was so paranoid. Because you were, right? okay. Yes. You're right. that self-conscious Correct. and insecure. Okay. And, and in reality, well, that's not like, okay. See, ele- that is not okay. That's what I was getting at. Thank you. <laughs> and honestly, Joe, can you edit that so that it is clearly communicated? <laughs> no, this yeah. whole I think it was like four or five minutes in. of gold. It yeah. just, really was. It was gold. <laughs> but in reality, the people that are probably judging you, the people that judge children in swimsuits mm-hmm. most often are the mothers. Right. Most often are the mothers. And I say that and I don't mean to mom shame. That is not mom shaming at all. But is their own insecurities that they had as a child that they're projecting. The people that are the loudest about other people's bodies are the ones that walk around with the biggest insecurities. So 
the mothers that are projecting, why is she wearing that? Mm -hmm. It's because they didn't have the courage at her age to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's offensive to them. Mm -hmm. Like it really checks their internal child. And Mm -hmm. wait, how does she have the liberty to do that when I fought my whole life with my body Mm -hmm. and my insecurities and I lost all this time, effort and energy hating myself? How dare her have the audacity to love her skin? How dare her have agency over her own body? The freedom. (laughs) Yeah, the freedom. Right. And the the parents who support that. And honestly, that was... That's been one of the biggest like ahas is because between the as a kid swimsuit with the skirt like that's just all yes. this extra fabric it's heavy mm-hmm. it's heavy and then I transitioned from that to wearing a shirt over mm-hmm. it's heavy and so then it was like oh my god when I got to that place of liberation and I was like I'm not carrying around all this extra yes. heavy fabric especially mm-hmm. when it gets wet Ugh. then the shirt's like even heavier, heavier. Mm-hmm. and now I'm like. Yeah. I don't want none of that. And it and feels like, yes. Yeah. And like, it's and like drag before it was dragging right. me down. Yeah. 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 Figuratively and, and you had an figuratively experience. and yeah. literally. Yes. And Sarah, you had an experience a few years ago, right? When you were in the Dominican where with you when you and Matt went on that vacation. And do you mind if I share? It, sure. I don't uh, even know, you know, remember she, what you're talking about. Ooh, <laughs> I don't even remember that. But like she came I'm back like, from a vacation. Lot happened on the Dominican. And she came she came back from the trip and was like this was amazing. It was such a liberating experience because you floated naked in the pool. rooftop pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that was like heaven. it is. A, it is heaven. A, a pivotal pinnacle moment. Not pivotal. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Pinnacle. pinnacle. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's interesting because my journey, and I love what you're saying, body liberation. Yeah. My journey has been such a long one, and it wasn't until 2009 when we went to Italy, and all the beautiful statues, and I'm looking, and I'm like, wait a minute. That chick, she's not like rail thin. She's not got one of them is a size two. I promise exactly. you that. Yeah. And I was like, she's got the little Rue pouch underneath. Mm-hmm. And they're freaking what idolizing. Is a pouch? Girl, this, it's right your fupa. Here. Here. I'm right think, here. I hear Rue and I think of like the sauce starter. <laughs> oh. it's, it's the area <laughs> Because that... everything goes back to food for me. No. <laughs> everything goes to a Rue spoon. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> kangaroo. Not like, like, why like do you hate like a yeah. butter mix? I like, know. I don't... I'm like, why do you hate butter and flour? Your little <laughs> heart of fat below your belly button. That's your little Rue pal. <laughs> yes, because it's meant to hold your babies. And so I was like, that's when I was like, Oh, wait, that's what women look. I had no idea yes. what women actually looked like yes. underneath mm. the clothes because much to men's dismay, we're not like walking around naked going, right. <laughs> with, <laughs> you know, pillow fights and shit. You know what I mean? Right. It's not all animal house. So right. I had to, I really had no idea what an actual oh, that's crazy. real human woman looked mm-hmm. like. Not a magazine because that's not real. That's, that's not real. Not like online because that's not real like real right truth truth i did not know the truth right until i went to italy a lot of people don't right a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't even today grown ass women Mm -hmm. who don't look in the mirror and i again there is no shame in that if you can't look in the mirror we'll work on it that's something that we can strive Mm -hmm. to do but most of the time we are so inundated with diet culture and what society dubs as appropriately beautiful magazines photoshop all of that stuff that we in our brain are like oh I must look like some version of that. I know I'm a little bit bigger, but I must look like some version of that. And then you actually look at photos of yourself and you're like, oh, (laughs) I don't look anything like that. Holy shit. And so we have this weird emotion or a weird moment in our brain of, oh, my gosh. So am I I broken or is the system broken? Right. Right. Yeah. 
It's a disconnect. It's it that you're, what you imagine that you look like and yes. what you actually look like. And as technology has improved, y'all, that has not helped us. At all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Like, hey, this, is me, this is two photographers know. saying, y'all, let's just get real for a minute. It's one of the things that we are now in such a technology-laden selfie. The cameras mm-hmm. are accessible everywhere. And you and I, Caitlin, experience it all the time when people are like, I don't like that angle because they're used to taking the photo from like high up above with mm-hmm. their heads like angled at some weird thing that looks like you should yep. have your like your it should be backwards on your body and this duck face that doesn't flatter anybody and, and then the know. camera flips it automatically exactly. for you so it immediately mirrors it and it does its own liberties there's a lot right. that goes so into that full disclosure my selfie that i took while we were sitting here of holding the uh, magical af coaster I then opened in the beauty app. You Mm -hmm. love that beauty app. And took away the thing that was under my eye. When I smiled, it was like this like weird like pocket thing Mm -hmm. happening over here. You have the cutest little squinchy smile though. Why? No, it was just the eye thingy. And so it just. It's the way that the skin is collecting under her eye that she's looking at it and seeing as like a fat pad instead of just. And so. That's the way. That's the bottom of your eyeball, Sarah. I hate to break it to you. Y'all, I'm being vulnerable right now. (laughs) I appreciate your vulnerability. I do yes. appreciate No, it is. That you're she just I'm saw so an eyeball rue patch. That's what she saw. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm so programmed that I just went swipe and it you made it go st- away. You just need to start imagining a little baby kangaroo can popping start, out. Can we like start calling cute. them that? <laughs> my, my, my little eye, pouch. eyeball rue pouch. Yeah. It's just <laughs> holding the weight of your eyeball. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. Oh, so now, it, everybody listening, I'm going to retake the photo and use the original one and not the beauty you, app. Do you think swipe. that you could delete the beauty app from your phone? Yeah, because I don't really use it that. I don't take a lot of selfies. Let's just be real. Take mm-hmm. more selfies. Have you guys read any of the do articles it. about the increase in like young women getting plastic surgery to match the beauty apps? Yep. Yes. That's kind of crazy. It's mm-hmm. awful. Awful. It's awful. Statistically proven, four-year-olds are um, more concerned about being fat than they are about anything else in their life. That's Oh Four my years old, for my now five year old who I know because she's amazing. Loves her squishy because mommy. she has a squishy mommy who loves her body mm-hmm. and her daddy too. That just should be like, right. Daddy, let me play drums on your belly. <laughs> so sweet, there, and that is such a rare thing. If she can keep that, mm-hmm. if you can figure out a way to didn't ground to that school. in her, that's why I that's think why. a huge part that's of why. it is that we didn't send her to school until this year. That's why, absolutely. That's why mm-hmm. little girls and little boys are vicious. They're mm-hmm. vicious because they hear their moms, they watch their dads, they watch the media, and they immediately think that their worth is tied to the external. Mm-hmm. It's true about school because mm-hmm. when Lennox went to preschool, he started saying things, and I was like, that is not what we say yeah. in this household or what we believe. And so I was having to like continually reprogram all the time mm-hmm. of what is happening. We would do drop-in daycare because we it was important for us that we didn't get the experience with our older one just because of circumstances and the way that we had the way that our lives were at that point, we couldn't keep him home. And he started going to be cared for by someone else at nine weeks. Oh. And, or 10 weeks. And that was extremely hard. But we started, he was with a, a one-on-one caregiver until he was 18 months. And then he was in like a nanny share with the mm-hmm. nanny and her daughter. And then he went to preschool at two and a half. Mm-hmm. So for Samantha, it was really important that Scott was like, Let's just keep her home. And our plan was that she was going to start preschool in fall of 2020 or maybe part time in spring of 2020 and then COVID. Right. So we ended up pushing everything back a year and it got to the point where she had to get out of our house. Yeah, she had to go. (laughs) 
And I just convinced Scott <laughs> to go from the part-time three days a week to five days a week because I was like, she needs to get the fuck out of her house. Yeah, she needs to go. She needs to be out <laughs> every day. She needs to be at school every day. I don't care if it's for 10 hours. She's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> and she Because she's thriving. Like, she's doing math. She's yeah. like, mommy, two plus three is five. And I'm like, what oh. the fuck? What Who a cutie. You? You've been at school for three weeks. What the hell's happening? Oh. Their little so, brains are like right. sponges. So I think, but I think that's a huge part of it yes. that because between COVID mm-hmm. and that we were all sheltered together and that's what she's experienced mm-hmm. is people of all different sizes and all different shapes who love her and show her love and she's interacted with and she has no idea. Yeah. And I just hope she stays that way. And she won't. So then don't let her watch TV. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say. She won't, but you can she ground can down. Number block. Oh, yeah. And you can keep just grounding down into all the things that she loves about her skin. Mm-hmm. And honestly, make it a game. If you got to force yourself through it, stand in the mirror with them. Let's look at our bodies today. What do we love? Yeah. What, what feels good in your skin today? Like, just keep grounding down into the fact that we are all uniquely beautiful. And just because she doesn't look like her seven other friends that wear a size two or whatever, mm-hmm. even if she does. Hey, mm-hmm. what makes you uniquely beautiful? What about you is something that's only you have? Let's mm-hmm. talk about it. Let's stand in front of the mirror and let's look at ourselves. Let's feel and touch and squish our bodies. Mm-hmm. That feels really cool, right? There's so much that you can do with your children. Even if you have not yourself done that, you can learn with, you can reparent your inner child, right? Mm-hmm. So as you're parenting your child, you can reparent your inner mm-hmm. child the way that you had hoped that you had been parented. And I, I kid you not, that alone will be such a game changer in your body liberation journey. We don't even realize that we have an inner child that we can reparent. There's so many things that you can do as an adult, and it doesn't matter what age you are. You can be 20, you could be 65. You can right. reparent that sweet inner child and say, look, you may not have the support that you had or you needed growing up, but I can be your support now. And that to me is so cool because you can walk that journey with your child and you can reparent your child the way that you wanted your inner child to be reparented. Yeah. So like that to me is really cool is we can change and we can make that decision to be sick and tired of being sick and tired and do something about mm-hmm. it. And in the process, help your next of kin. Cause it's really, if you just take one domino out, that sweet baby of yours is not going to have the same issues that you did, which means their child, if they have a child is also not going to mm-hmm. have that same issue. That's big yeah. for me. And not even just girls, too, because I know that oh, we do that with, boys. with my boys is they'll get on the scale and they'll be like, I weigh blah, blah, blah now, mommy. And I'm like, awesome. Look at that strong body right? because you know, they're getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're getting so strong. Show me those muscles that how are you going to use your strong body? Blah, blah, blah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? But and I honestly, say that to Nicholas, I'm like, where did you like where did those back muscles come? And like, then when they get on the scale or you right to, now, like I'll look yeah. at his legs and be like. Yeah. When did that happen? Right. And honestly, <laughs> if you can take your scale out of your house, take your scale out of your house. Mm-hmm. Right. The only time a scale is ever important is when you are going under and you need anesthesia. And I don't even want to know. That is really the only thing in life that you need to know. I used to say for. that at the doctor's office when I would go get weighed. I'd turn around and they'd be like, don't you want to know? I'd be you like, no, ask, it's bad for my mental health. You can absolutely ask at your doctor's office to not tell you their weight. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that yeah, when you yeah. go to a doctor's office, you can specifically ask to not be told your weight. And it, they have, they basically have to agree. Yeah. Okay. And okay, then so and I me, turn around and I don't face the scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Same. let me say, okay, let's just, let me process this a lot. Yeah. So I did that one summer. Okay. Like, so I have thyroid issues Same. and I was regu- like finally regulated for a long time. And I was like, Ooh, I would like to try to do this naturally. And I talked to the doctor and they were like, yeah, you could give it a shot and blah, blah, blah. So I got off of it and I went six months, never weighed myself, got rid of the scale, didn't have my thyroid meds, lived a life. And I'm not going to lie. It was the best. Yeah. 
I never thought about things. I never carried the weight. Like it was awesome. I also gained a shit ton of weight and did not realize it until it was like, oh shit. Okay. I'm not fitting into things at mm-hmm. all. But let me challenge you on that before you go forward because your body is going to regulate to exactly where it feels the safest. So our bodies are built and designed to keep us alive. So because of that, our bodies change. It's why a lot of people have gained weight during COVID because our mental, mentally, mm-hmm. we're in this panic mode of, I don't know what's happening next. And our brain goes, I don't know where your next meal is going to come from. Right. You're stressed out. So our bodies are going to regulate to keep us alive. So what your body did in that moment when you were the happiest and you weren't worried about it, is it regulated to where it wanted to be? And instead of just letting it, you went, oh, oh my gosh, I don't fit in my clothes. And instead of just buying fucking bigger clothes, we go, oh my God, I have to change my body back to the way I was before. I didn't feel comfortable in my skin though. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And so I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. And I know when I get towards the number where I don't feel comfortable in my skin, like I can feel the- Because I did, I bought bigger clothes. the way that my clothes fit. Yes. Is not, and it is, it's almost like my skin is too tight for my body. Yes, that's how it felt. Because I did, I bought the next size clothes Mm -hmm. and then I was okay with that. But then I, but then it got to where my, I don't like my skin feels too tight. Like I would be eating and I'd be like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I feel disgusting. Yes. And it wasn't like I feel gross because my clothes are too tight. It was literally that I didn't feel like there was any more room in my body Mm -hmm. for what was there. So that was like a, because I am very cognizant of those, of the messages and and trying to keep awareness and that non-judgmental, right? Like it's taken a long time to get here. Right. But it's right. happening. And but that's where I say, you know what? I just need to eat some extra salads next mm-hmm. week. So <laughs> it, that's, that was where I was going to yes. go with it. Yes. Like intuitive eating and health at every size are really great resources for people to delve into this journey specifically. Mm-hmm. But when you get to that point where you start to feel uncomfortable in your skin, instead of just letting your body eat more salads and eat things that make you happy, we have this knee-jerk reaction of, oh my gosh, I have to weigh myself and then I immediately have to go on a diet. Mm -hmm. We don't ever let ourselves process through that moment of uncomfortable. If you can get through that piece of uncomfortable, whether it be Mm -hmm. two months or a year, the other side of that is body liberation. True. The other side of that is relinquishing your tie to diet culture and the need to feel smaller in your body. That uncomfortable, messy piece is where the growth happens. Totally. And that's when you start to have that. I don't actually even really think about my body. Am I sleepy? I'm going to sleep. Am I hungry? I'm going to eat. Am I, mm-hmm. am I craving a salad? I'm going to have a salad. Am I craving a cookie? I'll have a cookie, right? Mm-hmm. That is where intuitive eating really comes into play. And what's happening is you have that knee jerk reaction of I've gained a little weight. My clothes don't fit. And you immediately have a knee jerk reaction to go, whoa, you have a I judgment, a self-judgmental a self-judgment. reaction that you have to, mm-hmm. that yeah. you've done something wrong. That you are no yeah. longer you know, worthy. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That you feel guilty because mm-hmm. you let yourself go or whatever it is that you're saying in your head, whatever right. messages mm-hmm. and versus going, you know what? I know I feel great when I eat things with complex carbohydrates, right. like oats and greens mm-hmm. and whatever. See, and even that I, it's putting morality on food. Like we internalize like what we're told from society. Ooh, say that again, putting morality on yeah. food. Mm-hmm. Which is really important in health at every size and intuitive eating because, and I'm not an expert on this, I've just done a lot of research and this is how I operate now. We put morality on food and we do it unknowingly. We look at a cookie and we go, mm, I have to go work out because I had a cookie today. That's a bad food, check. I had spinach today, cool, I can treat myself with a cookie. Mm, then I had a cookie and I, it was bad. And Shit, I do that. You do Son that. It's because we are trained <laughs> and no, conditioned, I, yeah. right? So like when you think about, oh, I had a, what do people call it? A cheat day. Mm -hmm. I had a shitty cheat day. Now I have to go work off the calories. 
condition yourself to not think about it as a cheat day. You provided your body with what, what it was craving. Mm -hmm. And then tomorrow you might crave a salad. So you had a salad. Totally. Cause that's true. I crave the shit out of salads. You crave, I, so do I, I love Mm -hmm. salads. I eat them every day. But I got to the point where I was no longer, I got past the uncomfortable. When I say I got past, I was 300 pounds Mm -hmm. and that was my work through this. Mm -hmm. I still sit probably somewhere up there. I stopped weighing myself about two years ago, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a doctor fucked up recently and was like, she's 285. So I know I'm somewhere in that range. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. I don't. I eat what makes me happy. I drink what makes me happy. I, if I feel shitty, it's because... I'm either doing something, I'm not doing joyful movement. Mm -hmm. There's something in there. But if you can get past that, I feel uncomfortable in my skin moment and you can really lean into just listening to your body and not Mm -hmm. thinking about, Mm -hmm. I need to make it smaller. I challenge you to do that because you're going to have, you are opening a door to a whole different world and a whole different life. And it's fucking magical. Mm -hmm. It is magical. Wellforce, offering business consulting and IT solutions for your hybrid workforce. Do you need business process evaluations and solutions to streamline your workflows? A technology assessment, including security and managed services to optimize performance, or solutions to create a seamless hybrid workplace experience. If that's you, Wellforce has a growing team of affiliates to support your organization's move to hybrid. Visit wellforce.ai today. agree with that wholeheartedly because it's that shift from saying I'm going to put labels on everything that I'm well, putting into my judgment, body or whatever. What and you it's, said, it's judgment. that judgment yeah. to like, I know that my day flows better when I have easily accessible foods that make yes. me feel good. Yes. Mm-hmm. So make me happy. Our t- food will also start to taste different. Food will start to taste magical again. It's not just, oh, yeah, I, I know, sh- I know. Sometimes but food is like orgasmic. This, yes. like, I'm like, I want food to be right. sensual. Like, I always like, keep yes. chocolate in my office. Always. You know why? Because I like chocolate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And it makes me happy. Yeah. Joe I just always... swallowed. He salivated. Did y'all see that? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I could use some chocolate. <laughs> um, and now you cannot go in my office and get chocolate. I'm just, I, was kind of chocolate. Thinking, I wonder where that is. <laughs> I knew that's what was happening back here. I saw it going down. I will, yes. I will get Excuse you me, your I have own to use the stash. Yeah. <laughs> I will get you your own stash of office chocolate. But I always keep apples in the refrigerator here because I like apples in Trader Joe's, not butter. Oh my God, it's so And good. I keep rice cakes in there because I, I like I saw you rice eating that cake. shit and I was like, what the fuck? With nut butter. The butter, the nut butter was good, but I saw the rice cake. I can't get on that train, y'all. Is the brown rice? No, the brown, the organic brown rice cakes are amazing. <laughs> it's that right amount of salty. Yeah. And they're, oh, they're so I'm good. the white cheddar rice cake person. That's about it though. Yeah. No, they're <laughs> fucking it. good. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> don't so knock it to, I'll make you one after this. So you can have something to go for your meeting. Yay. <laughs> I'm so, so excited. Grateful. Oh, shit. Okay. So, Caitlin, we have to ra- wrap this up. So tell our listeners how they can find you. I'm on all social media platforms. I'm on Instagram. It's Caitlin Scott Boudoir. I'm on TikTok. It's just my full name, Caitlin Guild. And on Twitter, again, Caitlin Scott Boudoir. Pretty much across the board. My website is CaitlinScott.com. And email is Caitlin at CaitlinScott.com. Fantastic. Very exciting. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And And you you do do you, you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. 
You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. 